is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise, Episode 8, Series 7. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Damien Barrett in the South Bank Studios, Craig Hutchison. Down a computer line, I'm assuming it's uh, in Sydney, Hutchie. And as I go to you, I've got an observation that uh, with the world coming out of the, the COVID restrictions of the past two years, that people are reverting to type and people are reverting to being punchy. As we speak on this particular Monday afternoon, we've just got a, uh, an international punch on at the Academy Awards. Good afternoon to you. Hello, Damo. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm in my apartment in Sydney. More on that a little bit uh, later. But, uh, yeah, I... You won't find something go viral as quickly as what we've just seen this afternoon at the Oscars with Will Smith and Chris Rock. And the, the no doubt the cynic in you said, oh, this is all staged, it's all manufactured, it's a promo for the movie. I know that's where you landed straight away. I must admit, like most people, I was a little bit in two minds of whether it was real or not. And since uh, reading, reading all the, cor- the, the uh, correspondence about it, I'm probably convinced like everyone that it was genuine. Uh, what an extraordinary look. Um, what do you make of it, Damo? Yeah, it is extraordinary. Look, and, and actually, don't ever, please, assume to know what it is I may think or say or have as a view on something until you know what it actually is. I, I, I took it at face value from the very outset when people started making me aware of it, and I, I don't think there was anything staged about it. Now, that, that statement may go down like a bomb at some stage if they both admit to there being a staged element to it at some stage of the next 24, 48 hours, but I don't think it was staged, and... and I've got a few issues with it. I don't know how Will Smith was able to stay inside the auditorium after assaulting someone and as well as assaulting someone, abusing someone in his workplace. Yeah, and in a... So lots of what we'll say will age pretty quickly. This will be yeah. the most debated pop culture topic of the millennium by the time most people are, down, are downloading this. It'll be well, well discussed and debated. But um, at face value, it's hard to imagine... Any other, many other people that wouldn't have been escorted from the venue mm. and or stood down from the award than the favourite himself for the award. Which, which makes me think, and this is all part of our reaction and what we do on this particular show, it makes me think that everyone who had anything to do with the hosting and the broadcasting of that event uh, was in on the know that he needed to stay in the room because he was about to accept the, the main prize. Yeah. Do you feel that he will be have the Oscar taken from him? No. No, I don't. They're pretty strict on the governance, aren't they? But but how's that act to the the voting around the performance in the said movie? Well, I think integrity of behaviour is part of the criteria, isn't it? I haven't got I'm a, oh. no expert, obviously. On the you, know, you know, you know my <laughs> views on on people either giving or, or taking recognition away for people on on morals and ethics and and integrity when there's a certain set of people making judgments on other people's integrity or i reckon that gets into but what about all the all the other speeches including including wills himself i mean it it wasn't an apology i don't care what anyone says that was not an apology for what he did he tried to to tie it in and the the actor in him came out too with the tears rolling down his eyes and there was an element of him playing the 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 person who who shouldn't have been victimized himself because of the role he played in the movie in which won him the award and all the other speeches where we're about decency and, and respect and, and love and peace and support and inclusion and no exclusion. And then here he is belting the bloke who's ultimately partially hosting the entire event and, and then abusing him from the sidelines as well. I think God got a mention in there too, which is a, a difficult oh, thing he? to do in the same sentence as defending having assaulted someone on stage. Um, 
yeah, look, he was clearly emotional and went up and made a poor choice. My the funniest thing I saw, none of that was funny by the way, but the only funny thing I saw was in the in the postscript when the press guides sent out um, yeah. criteria for the press conference, yeah. and they said, "Please only ask questions around the awards." <laughs> so they were actually discouraging Hollywood journalists, in fact, half banning them from asking. So you've just had the best Oscar actor winner punch one of the hosts on stage. And but that's not in the public interest. Um, that'll go well. Imagine, imagine being the person that typed that out. Look, we're going to put this out. It's all right. Won't, this will blow over because we're not going to get the media to not ask about it in the press conference. So no, hopefully no one notices. And it'll be you know we'll cut the uh, American version six seconds out. Hopefully no one sees the global versions. And yeah, it'll be all all done by tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, what what on earth were the PR flex thinking? Well, that that just gets back to the uh, the underlying tone of. of- these awards nights when it comes to actors who, as we've discussed regularly, Hutchie, they, they think they've got a, a voice in, in every single major world event and world issue and world cause until we see their true colours on the, the night itself when they're awarding themselves these awards. Yep. You, you actually get the, 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 real, um, the real story of these people who, who tell us how to, to live our lives. I'm so, someone who, I mean, it's not too strong to say that's an assault, is it? Even, I mean, it's an open hand. It's an assault, isn't it? I'm, I'm not being too dramatic, am I? And again, you're right about what we're saying. We're talking literally moments after it actually happened, and there will be, a, you know, there will be certain storylines out of this that, that we're not privy to right now. Is it, let, leave aside the incident for a minute. Do you think it hurts the Oscar? The award ceremonies have been under siege coming in. Uh, do you think it hurts it significantly or do you think oh, it actually helps build interest in... actually gives it a life it, uh, it probably didn't have, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, it's been a snooze fest for a number of years, hasn't it? I mean, it's just all... Again, look, Hutchie, you you know you love the actors because you go to the um, the Sundance Film Festival, don't you? In the, in Utah, in Utah, it's sure up until COVID times, you used to go every year. But I, I mean, act, actors telling us how to how we should be living our lives and 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 what political parties we should be voting for and and which particular cause we should take up on any he's, given day. Just leave me out of any opinions they they offer, including enough, including Will enough, Smith's yeah. own acceptance speech on the on the award itself. He's a big enough brand and a big enough star to weather it would be my observation. I think there'd be few people that could walk up on stage and do that and get away with it. And I think it'll go down in the, you know, as a footnote in the history of the awards, but I think he'll play on and bounce back and, you know, be remorseful ultimately. And that'll, I mean, I, I, and he's no, no defense on that behavior. I think he clearly was uh, retrospectively offended when he understood the joke, which his wife clearly did at the time and the reference, close reference to her plight. So anyway, I think he'll, I think he'll, he'll, Get away with it. Um, bad weekend for the bookies. I yep. want to just give a shout out to all the bookmakers out there. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, after Buddy's thousandth goal, clearly many of them would have opened up markets on who would be the first to criticise the pitch invasion among the media. They would have had you dollar ten favourite to be the first negative voice to emerge. And sure enough, thirty six hours later, as predicted by the bookmakers of Australia, um, it got all the way through till Sunday morning, and then sure enough, you led the cause. You were the angriest and the most vocal about the security. So everyone's, um, all the punters have won. Uh, they've done their money, uh, the bookies, and uh, the money stayed in the in the bag because, or sorry, the money's out of the bag because yep. there was nothing surer that you were going to be outraged about well, the pitch invasion. There's also yeah. nothing surer than you carrying on in this particular mode, Hutchie, in the way that you now do, given you are, as you say yourself regularly, just making your comments these days from the cheap seats without actually getting your hands dirty and your sleeves rolled up, as you once did better than anyone I know in this uh, news-chasing yeah, no, paper. And back, unlike, you, unlike you, I actually made phone calls to players from both teams and officials from both teams and heard a uh, reasonably disturbing set of 
examples of what went on out in the ground, which I felt was uh, was requiring of uh, of that being relayed to the public with their permission, Hutchie. So that's uh, all that you, was. It wasn't. You, you, well, you didn't report it like that. You reported it as opinion. If you yeah. had a come did you, again, again, and... you're probably just going off what you see these days in the, no, in the ten it. second oh, no, soundbite. Oh, you, where, where'd you watch it? You're not even in Melbourne. Where'd you watch it? I watched on uh, on nine GM yesterday, the Sunday Footy Show here in Sydney. Yep. And you were – there was a mix of reporting there. You did reference that the, some of the Geelong players thought it might have been some deliberate behaviour. There was a did lot you, of did you see the Did you see the quote boards I put up? Um, the both, both CEOs of both – or CEO of one club, football manager of one club, um, player. Um, yeah, but it was – AFL. The there were official the quotes I, from all, all – Hey, it's yeah. just – we're in the constructive feedback business. I'm just giving you a little bit. You mounted your position – that you were not happy with it, and then you used some quotes to defend your position, which is your right and, and privilege to do. You didn't report it without any opinion. You didn't say, um, Geelong have raised concerns, here's their views, or here's what Sydney have said. You said, oh, i got a problem with it, it went too far, and here's some quotes to support it. So I'm not having a go at you. I'm just saying there was a dollar ten that you'd be the first offended by because <laughs> you're the most cynical among us. Yeah, well, um, well, well I, I hey, okay. Great love. How do you think we would have been talking about this, Hutchie, if if one of the dozens and maybe even hundreds of people who fell over, and they did, including players fell over, had been caught under the the rolling mall element of it? Because we've seen, and I don't, again, I don't want to get too dramatic, but we've seen concerts, including in this country, where people have fallen under a crowd situation and they don't get up, Hutchie. And it happened in the states quite recently, where where a rolling oh, crowd. And so again, you might want to be, you know, you might want to take the, you know, what out of it. But let's also realise that they dodged a pretty significant issue by the virtue of uh, good luck, not so good, not necessarily good planning and management. I understand your view, and here to have a constructive conversation with you about it. If you could just you know, stay emotionless for a moment about it, the I understand your view, right? You could argue, you could see it from both sides. Um, personally, I, I look at it as um, you know, A, what was the alternative? So if you can present an alternative to me, I'm all ears. I don't, know, I don't think having 700 security there and forming a ring around him before he kicks the ball is achievable. So like how is it actually practically achieved, what you're saying? And two, I think, and I probably subscribe a little bit to the Jared Waitley comment I heard on this this morning. Um, oh, surprise, surprise. I, I think that... There's, it's a moment in history that will never happen again. Oh, yeah. It, it goes back generations. <laughs> yeah. It goes back 100 years. Yeah. And there's a sense of social obligation from those who are in attendance or on the on the ground that are a bit oh, complicit Hachi, in the act that will never to, happen again. Let's not. There was no now, social um, obligation for the people running out there with, narcissistically with tripods on mobiles and, and, and filming themselves. And that was the problem. Ask Jeremy Cameron what happened. Ask Tom Atkins what happened. Ask Jack Henry what happened. Ask those two Swans players who actually had to leave not just the, the playing surface but the actual actual facility yeah, so itself I, and walk back to the ground on the streets. I mean, so I ask that. them. I, ask all them. I understand I understand that. And I'm not saying it could have been done better. It clearly could have been done better. Uh, but I, I don't know I don't know of a perfect way you can do it. Like it just it it just goes back so far as a thing. How how do you do it perfectly? How, what what would success have looked like for you? Uh, a, a plan, the a, a form of a form of a plan that that would have been obvious to the the viewer straight so, away. No, but be, be specific. Oh, well, okay, I'll, I'll be specific. Um, you, you needed you needed numbers. You needed numbers in whatever it is you did. Now the, the numbers, Hutchie, and and just back to the news report that I did go with on the Sunday Footy Show. This was news. Uh, there were thirty eight security employed on the night and twelve yeah. police, fifty so in total. Let's, and let's I even said there were meant to be nine. There were meant to be nine associate. Well, okay, how? Okay, there were meant to be nine. There were meant to be nine. 
Imagine going to Buddy. How many did you see go to Buddy? I didn't. I didn't see one. Now, if if I didn't see it, I didn't see it. But if you want to tell me there were there were one, two, up to nine that went, to, I didn't see nine people go to Buddy. I would have felt well, mate, how, maybe how, maybe how twenty. How are the nine going to how are the nine going to beat twenty thousand? Um, no, but what they do, they, they, they put a ring around the main man in question, and that's what security does, Hutchie. I'm not going to, I'm not going to attempt to so take you, you through. You just sec- sent them out before he kicked the ball. Did you see what see Matthew Lloyd kick it in 2001? Uh, About probably. probably 20 or 30 um, went to him, and he was able to get off the ground reasonably, reasonably safely. Would you like? Would you like everyone prohibited from going on the ground? Or are you saying they should be allowed on the ground, but there's only a re- point they can go to? Like, no, what's your I, model? I, look, actually, people making out as though this is this is the you know one of the great joys and and, and rights of a supporter. I think again, it's not going to happen again. And the AFL's got to pull it. I think it should have been banned. Yeah, yeah, I do. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because it, no, no one's doing it for the moment. Everyone's just doing it to get it on their phone so they can put but it onto social though. media. Like, I think I thought the I understand the risks, and I'm not. Saying I've got a perfect solution, which is part of the reason why I'm counter arguing this to you. Um, I, I accept more security would have helped curate him better, but I thought it was a moment in time. I, I suspect Hachi, I'm half, not denying that, and, and I think we're having separate conversations. Of course, it, it is. Great it? For, well, no, I think you're, the, the, the pictures, the location, Sydney, yep. the athlete and the love of him, the, the social media era, the TikTok moments, all of that equaled let them on. Now, could you better protect him when on? Yes. But ban no. no 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 and and as for the as for the the spreading of the ashes in the center of the ground I mean don't get me started on that um, yeah I, I understand but don't get me started on that uh, lo- lovely oh. story for the family to tell and and well done to them for finding the way to Good. do it but but seriously I mean uh, do, do you reckon do you reckon the AFLPA and the AFL itself would have would have signed off on a ball being bounced on that very patch of turf in which uh, there are the ashes of a dead person had just been spread. Um, how, do, how do you think that would have gone down if they tried to get that one through the authorities? Yeah, no, good. Um, it, it, all's well, it ended well. It ended, it ended well. And I, I, but I do understand the counter-argument and I do accept some people went too far. Maybe, just maybe, that if there was a set shot plan that was different to an on-the-run plan, if it was a set shot, then you do put the you know, 40 or 50 security out. Well, it, well, well, it, well, it was a set shot, and an unusually for Buddy, he kicked pretty accurately yep. during the night, didn't he? Which, uh, again, but I, I got caught up in the same emotion, and, and unusually these days, uh, my youngest son came out to, to watch it. And I say unusually because I think he's like a lot of his uh, friends. They don't seem to be uh, yep. embracing of these historical moments as, as we once were growing up, but I, I had I had moments of, of trepidation just let, watching would it. Would you let your kids run out? I. Well, they're eighteen and effectively nearly eighteen and sixteen. Um, good luck trying to tell them what to do. I would have, uh, I probably, I wouldn't have said no if 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 they were that way inclined to to want to to be there. Yep. But yeah, anyway, it's, um, uh, we're not going to get to an end line on this where one of us uh, trumps the other on it. So. Yeah, and so what well on to the to the uh, punters and bad luck to the bookies. And I, just to, as a little and, and, bit of light relief, Damo, before yep. we move off this, yeah. I've worked out who you and I are. Um, I was casting my mind back to when I saw the Sunday footy show. I was thinking, I almost come at every angle with differently to you. I feel like you come at most things with um, pessimism, and I come at most things with optimism. Now, that might not be true, but I was thinking back to my childhood. I thought there's an example of this somewhere. There's an example of this somewhere of the two roles we play on this podcast. And, like, hopefully, I'm perceived as a positive one, and you're, you know, 
you're pretty dour and you, that shouldn't be allowed to happen. Before you go um, any further, I, I'd like you to actually come across as to who you actually really are, not the one you think the public needs you to be seen as. So this, case, is, but that's this, just, is, uh, this is the kid's fable I'm talking about. I reckon this is me. So that's the opening to the kid's show, Mr Squiggle, Damo. One of my favourites as a kid. You've brought and audio, Squiggle, you? You've brought audio. Very Mr. Squiggle, very positive. And there's a character in Mr. Squiggle who is not so positive. He was, quite, in fact, quite angry at times and short. And that's, of course, Blackboard. And here's Blackboard. Hurry up there. It's time for my song. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy to take the, the handle of Mr. Squiggle. And you are the sounding board's Blackboard. Damo, hurry up. Let's get to the next topic. As I've said a few times already this year, Hutchie, your preparation for this show has gone through the roof in Series 7. I think that's the eighth week in a row this year. They've only had eight, eight episodes where you've actually brought something to it, prior to it. Uh, like there it. you go. I've got a few other things to share, but over to you. What's next on your list before I get to mine? Um, I wanted to, Hutchie, go to your comments last week on on the seat placements of the Channel 7 promo shoot. And I, and I say <laughs> I want to go there because I loved it. I love how you look at these situations in, in a very unique way and take our listeners into the, the world of, of how it works when it comes to the, the A-graders, the B-graders, the C-graders and the, and the also-rans. And for anyone who missed it, go back to last week's episode, Episode 7, Series 7, Hutchie taking our listeners through how, uh, how it looked on the Channel 7 promo shoot at the MCG. Your comments, Hutchie, for the second week in a row, we were quoted on uh, on mainstream media having uh, having those comments reported to uh, to a wider audience as well in the Herald Sun. I think they might have, they might have um, assigned one of the uh, cadets to us to cover us to see if we can they can hook an angle out of us. Hey, it wasn't a then... cadet; it was a very was... very senior and successful. No, it was it was I think it was Fiona, Fiona Burns, but. Uh... I think the cadet obviously does the time coding of the grabs of the quotes and then oh. hand, like monitoring. Remember, we used to, used to, do, I used to do monitoring when I was there at the yeah. time for a long time. Have, um, we, have we ever talked about the monitoring shifts? You, you, well, yeah, we have. We have. have. We? We've talked yeah. about it on the sounding board in the past. Um, yeah, when it comes to the point where we're being quoted on, it was all in tongue in cheek and was fair enough reporting. So uh, no dramas. Yeah, I had a couple of things to add to the media rounds this week. Um, so I'll add a couple to you, Damo. Yeah. First of all, um, you're just sensing the early signs of uh, TV uh, in-house tension, healthy tension, between the resident funny show The Bounce, Bounce on Fox footy and the new heavily promoted <laughs> Best on Ground on a Saturday night okay. as the new wacky, wacky pranks the show. Now, this will be good because whatever you're about to say now it will not be reported on News Limited or the Herald Sun because it's a News Limited slash Herald Sun product, ultimately, uh, what's going on in Foxtel. But I'm really keen to say, hear what you want to say. Now, I'm only just being made aware of this this inverted commas comedy show that's going to be on Saturday nights with, with my mate Howie Hutchie hosting yep. it. So I'm a, I'm a bounce watcher. And I, so and I have always enjoyed it. I think kids especially love the bounce. We've talked about that in the past here on the show. Yep. And I think Best on Ground will be terrific because the talent on it is fantastic. Obviously, Howie, who's a longtime friend of ours and we know and respect highly, I think Kath's a superstar and obviously got three highly credentialed individuals. So who, who are the um, three? You've got, I saw Nathan Buckley's going to play. Buckley, is it a, Rue, is it a comedic role Bucks' play? Jonathan Brown. So it's five, you know, very high level and highly talented people. Yep. Um, it has got a live audience, which I know from my experience is tricky. Um, <laughs> and it has got some sketch writers, which obviously I know from personal experience doesn't always go your way. 
<laughs> but it it seems to me like it's got a little more promotion and Ooh, a little more resource right. than, the, than the trusted bounce on Sunday. <laughs> and, and I reckon I heard on the broadcast of the weekend yeah. a mix of Jason Dunstall, Jordan Lewis, and a couple of others all poke fun at it before it's even been on the Ooh, air. Okay. The okay. attention it's getting. Jason twice, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon he drove over it on the bounce and he drove over it once on the Friday night broadcast. So I reckon that we've got our first in-house uh, comedy TV off going on between Best on Ground and The Bounce. I would say one's like a pair of comfortable old shoes yep. and probably gets uh, a similar level of um, love and support. Oh, and, no, no, it wouldn't. No, 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 no. That, that, that's, not, that's not true. If, if you're telling me that Nathan Buckley, who Nick Revold, Jonathan Brown, and how he's in the absolute top level now too. The contracts he's signing these days are as big as any of those three I just mentioned. So, and Kath Lochnan, if you're telling me that that is the crew, Hutchie, that will be getting that will be getting ten times as much love right now in those offices of Foxtel. I, I can I, tell I, you that. I reckon they'll they'll because on the weekend you're craving this type of content. So I'm, I'm saying they're both going to be fantastic additions. That were once a staple, one's a new addition. But clearly, there's a little in-house sort of arm um, wrestling going on, Dave. My my radar's normally pretty good on these things. So I'm intrigued about this, Hutchie. Where, where, where do the where do the funny writers fit into the, this show on a on the on the pay TV provider on a Saturday night? Where, where are they going to work? And 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 how well, how is their content going to be uh, delivered and and received? Well, it's a, it is new to have comedy writers writing for non-comedians. Normally, you have comedy writers write for comedians, right? Or so it's a it's a new frontier. I, I learned um, a long time ago, Hutchie, if you're not funny, don't try to be. And I learned that when I was about three, I reckon. And I, and I haven't bothered trying to be. You you, so, you, you either are or you're not. You can go along with a joke. And, I love going along with a joke, but I could not possibly deliver one. It is. It, it did cross my mind that it's not without some degree of risk to tell people there's comedy writers before you've yet established yourself as funny. So that's the other challenge they've got. <laughs> because it immediately places the show, hey, we're, we're trying to make you laugh. And I think that it's been more promoted, but I, I don't suspect the, the passion of the promotion has been quite the same in the competitive product in the way they, particularly Jason, who will be very funny about this. And I, maybe that's part of the I'll tell you what, can, can, you do, can you do what you've been doing really, really well this year for us on the standing board? Can, can you critique this show in, in a way that only well, you can next week? I, I, right? I could, yeah. but as someone who lasted 17 episodes of a free-to-air funny show as host, I think I'm probably the most <laughs> ill-equipped person to offer a review. No, no, no. But what I will offer a review on yep. is the uh, narrative of the language of yes. the, uh, around it. No, I think I'm equipped to do that, Damo. So because that, I can tell you be... what, actually, we will not be getting a, a critical review of any sorts uh, on, on the News Limited platforms obvi- for obvious reasons. I mean, they own the place, so why would they do it? But, but, could, I I mean, mean, but we'll have to wait till you next week. It's well cast. I, I wish it well. I think it'll it'll be great. And I, I have a huge regard for Howie and a huge regard for Kath, who I think is a great talent. Um, have you have you other... have you spoken to Bucks? Given you given you employ him on your station? Um, if this fits into the overall picture for it, uh, I have. Yeah, and he's what, what have you said? Um, yeah, he's, I mean he's, he's been filming all summer, and he's he's obviously um, filming all summer. They've, they've got stuff in well, the can. Done, I've done some sketches and stuff. Oh, yeah. oh the promo sketches? The no, I haven't. No. Hang on, oh, they've done sketches, like 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 skits, sketches, or? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, is it is it is it heading down the old footy show path? You know. Let's let's get it on Saturday. Oh, let's, let's keep they've done. They've got drop. recorded content in, already. I'm interested in the byplay between the two shows. Hey, um, switching gear for a moment. Yep. P- PVO. <laughs> Damo. PVO watch. Yeah. 
Peter Van Onselen, for those who uh, are new to this program. National political, political editor of Channel 10, I asked you the question a while back, does that role need to be neutral or can it be opinionated? You were not. You were a bit not committal in your answer. I always thought those roles were seen to be a bit party agnostic and yeah. just covered everyone equally and uh, covered their, their faults as equally poorly. I asked this question. I saw another little example uh, on Twitter. Sally McManus uh, tweeted last week, surprise, surprise, Josh Frydenberg is going to promote and promise real wage increase in his budget. Not once during the time as he has been treasurer has he delivered on his promise pay increases. It's all spin, Sally says. They have no intention of lifting a finger to help workers get pay rise. On Twitter, PVO responds, <laughs> don't be so cynical, Sally. They have only had eight and a half years to lift real wages. They deserve three more to keep on keeping at the task, surely, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Which is just a slap at the Liberal Party and what they haven't done. That's opinion. That is... <laughs> Vote Labor opinion <laughs> from the National Political Letter of PVO. And then, and then it gets worse. So then Josh Frydenberg, he senses there's an issue with PVO. And so when given the chance on the news, he thinks the nickname might save the day. Here it is. The Treasurer remaining tight-lipped. I'll just get all the coconut from my face. Well, PVO, you just have to wait till Tuesday night and tune in. Peter Van Onselen for 10 years first. <laughs> he uses the PBO grab as the last grab before he signed now, off. Now you, you, his PBO. That might be the best ever, Hutchie. You, you've regularly you've regularly alerted us to how you used to always run the grabs where they said, yes, Craig, no, Craig, yes, Hutchie, no, Hutchie. You've noticed it with uh, Mitch Cleary doing it. You've noticed with Tom Brand doing it. That, that might be the best ever cut of an audio grab from a politician by the journalist in question. Let's let's replay it one more time, please, Jane. The treasurer remaining tight-lipped. I'll just get all the coconut from my face. Well, PVO, you just have to wait till Tuesday night and tune in. Peter Van Onselen for 10 years. And the immediate sign-off with his real name. He might then, just start then, signing off, PVO. And then breaking news, Damo, as we go to air, we're, getting, uh, we're recording this just after five on Monday on Budget Eve. Yeah. And breaking news, we're getting some uh, messages through. Evidently tonight on the Channel 10 News, he's gone the long two-minute package rocking the designer PVO beard. Uh, on the eve of the budget, he's decided to spruce up. He's got a designer beard. <laughs> and then he's gone into a half a comedy sketch routine to finish of throwing a black mug into a bin. <laughs> the government throwing away any chance of being in the black with the budget. <laughs> In fact, we might just throw to that now in post-production. You'll hear this at home. We, we haven't heard it. Here it is. Here's Scott Morrison doing the maths the other day. The budgets that I've been involved in, and this will be my eighth. I did three budgets as a treasurer, and this will be my fourth as a prime minister. With numerical skills like that, no wonder it's wall-to-wall deficits as far as the eyes can see. PVO joins us now from Canberra. Pete, even more than usually, there's a lot riding on this budget for the prime minister. No doubt about that, Hugh. It's without doubt the most important budget this year. We know that. That's extraordinary. I'm just reading that same text that you've obviously received too from that person who's alerted this, to this movement of this this person at the moment. So this is on the run. Yeah. So PBO, he's, what he's doing is this. He's doing two things. One, a budget day is his grand final day, Damo. He'll, he'll be up well tonight watching the uh, financial marathons on the eve of uh, budget day. He'll be going over all the best of tapes of <laughs> who could forget the 1997 budget and the 2002 was a beauty. Let's look at the highlights of that. He'll be up at three o'clock crawling through black and white bu- uh, budgets from the 1970s and getting himself ready for, uh, of course, the budget grand final breakfast tomorrow morning at 730 
He's, um, a, he's had the lock-in. When's the lock-in? There's always the budget lock-in when you get access yeah. to all the stuff. <laughs> well, you, at least you used to once upon a time. Do they still do that, the lock-in? I reckon, it, I reckon he'll have um, branded cufflings tomorrow night, the PBO <laughs> cufflings for the occasion, maybe a PBO pin tie. And then uh, he also sees this as a very good chance to pick apart the uh, financial argument of the Liberal Party. And uh, Frydenberg can call him PBO till the cows come home, Josh, but I don't think you're going to sway his opinion on the... Uh... <laughs> Hutchie, um, what you, am I being, is that fair? <laughs> no. I, well, again, I, I had no awareness of, uh, of of how he was going about his work, but I, I now do, and I've now got a, a level of intrigue to it. And I think um, a few of our listeners do too. Hutchie, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned the fact that you and I, I felt, went to the same speech doctor way back in the, um, it would have been the early 1990s. And Nothing to be proud of for either of us, clearly. No, clearly not. Um, well, no, the reason I raised it was because the guy in question, I couldn't think, remember his name. All I remember was driving out to, oh, yeah. I thought it was, it was Bayside somewhere. It might have been Brighton. It might have been Elwood. But anyway, somewhere there along there. Um, and the reason I raised it at the time was because I at least endured five or six lessons or whatever it was and, and went through the process I was asked to go through. I said it never happened. Well, well, it did because this same guy who at the time I didn't know the name of uh, told me that you'd only recently uh, attended one session which you lasted 20 minutes before you fell asleep and never returned. Um, Marcus Pierce, who who used to work at 927 as a producer, in the period of time when I was there, Hutchie, for for a brief period, he has updated us on this now, okay? The late Steve Cairns would have sent us there from, from memory. I reckon you were hosting Brecky over some with Rick Wall. Frank... De Pinner is the name of the yep. voice doctor. He remembers going there to see him himself when he was at Sport 927. Uh, and Frank was from the Burt Newton days. And now that Marcus references that, I can recall Frank De Pinner talking about the great Burt Newton. So he reckons Adam White had also gone to, to oh, Frank no. De Pinner. So th- does that name ring any bells at all for you? Because it does now that Marcus Pierce has reminded me. It was Frank yeah. De Pinner. So I know you take great delight in this. So, yeah, I do remember the name Frank DePinna and his reputation is so strong in this space, in the audio space. But I, I don't recall ever attending Frank <laughs> DePinna personally. Not that there's anything wrong with that demo. If you needed five or six sessions, I understand. That's fair enough. I probably should have got um, 25 or 26 pretty, sessions. But... <laughs> pretty, pretty you couldn't. They couldn't have found a positivity coach for you around the time. We wouldn't be dealing with all these issues 25 years after the event. <laughs> but um, as well as a speech coach. But, no, I, I don't think. Frank wouldn't want to put his name to me anyway because my <laughs> speech has barely improved over the years. It's fair to say. Hey, Actually, the very okay. scores on, on the News Limited operations, um, we, re- we revealed this exclusively some years ago that there was is, a, is, a program called is, Verity. Which, is our uh, sounding board Verity up, is it? Like, cause we, we both felt that your, yours and my Verity must have fallen. We'd had a pretty good run for a couple of years. But yeah. then I think, I, I suspect the sounding board brand might be growing demo because it, we, we're getting covered as a product rather than as individuals well, uh, in the last couple of weeks. I know so the way it works, Hutchie. They, they listen to us hoping we say something that we shouldn't say and therefore they, they just cannot wait to highlight. I mean, they, they once no, ran on page that. three a conversation that we had that was an off-air conversation that was broadcast on Trade no, Radio, admittedly. But, but nothing happened. Fun, nothing happened. Well, you, you were on a boat and I was in the studio and that was somehow a story one day, Hutchie. But the reason I raise that is because um, I want to get down to the, uh, the, the tin tax when it comes to some of these words that are clear Really high on the Verity rating system. And um, this is an idea we've had a few times ourselves. Uh, Tim Burrows, who was on Twitter during the week, just sent this out to the, the wider audience that um, there was a, a use of a Verity style of arrangement on the Daily Mail on this particular day in question. Um, if today's Daily Mail homepage is anything to go by, I fear the subs are running out of ideas. 
there are three terrifying moments. And then he screenshotted three different stories that Tim Burrow says are on the Daily Mail homepage on this day in question. Terrifying moment, Mexican cartel member aimed AK-47 at Texas DPS helicopter. That's one story. Bizarre moment, Australia's number one Putin fan. And there's another bizarre moment as well. There's, there's three, And the terrifying moment screamed shoppers as they sprinted to a Texas Walmart. And there was another third terrifying moment on the same homepage, Hutchie. So terrifying moment is clearly a, a reason to, to, to use as a phrase for people to click on. Shocking, bizarre, terrifying, fears. Insane. They're all good. Insane's another word. Insane. Yeah, Insane. They're all yep. good uh, clickbait. I don't think they're verity. They're not really verity um, measures. They're more clickbait measures. Oh, so the verities and are the, the individual, uh, are they? Like the, the product. Subjects, yeah. yeah. Okay. You're, you're, you're clearly high, Hutchie, because you're. you're... No, I'm not. I'm, I reckon I'm, I'm, I'm plummeted. I told you you were once in the top 10. I, I, I was given. I think I was an, like an really top I might have had 10. one hit on the album some nah. time ago, and then I've pretty much been churning out, you know, B-side hits since. So, um, fortunately, down the list. But um, you were number I, nine. I don't know, but, hey, um, a couple of things I wanted to kick around with you. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if anyone's mentioned this, so I just thought I'd throw it out there. You know what a fan I am of Ross Lyon, so you and I are on different pages on this. I'm a big fan. And uh, we've... You know, try to get Ross to work with us along the journey because I think he's great media talent as well. This was a fascinating concession last Sunday on Triple M that I heard. I, I saw it on the social feed, and so I just clicked on it to have a listen um, because I hadn't heard him talk about the Carlton role since. And this concession uh, caught my ear on Triple M. This is what I said. I don't want to go through a process against other assistants. I'll go through a process against any of the Scott Broys, Clarko, because that, that's fair enough. But assistants, I was like, eh. And then, um, but the thought of, you know, because I'm not as hard and as hungry, maybe, or as tough as what I was mentally. It's like, oh, geez, imagine we're losing. Imagine what those presses are going to be like. <laughs> he said, as you heard there, that he was happy to run against other senior coaches in a process. And he mentioned specifically some of them, but he wouldn't run against the assistants in a process. Right. Uh, at Carlton. Uh, looking back, and we've all made. Um, you know, he sounds very comfortable his decision, but just humour me for a moment. He's pulled the wrong rein there. Like, that's an error of judgment on his behalf in September. You look at this team now; they're two and zero. They look one of the best teams in the competition. The talent was already built. We talked about this at the time. They were relatively um, easy, not easy. I shouldn't say that. They were relatively coachable. Next step. They they were easily his best shot at the premiership. He covets. This team's got the genesis of a premiership team in it. And he, I think he would have won that job head-to-head with Voss in an interview process. So yeah. the fact that he told them that he was happy to be interviewed against some but not others is – I don't think I've ever heard that before. Like, you can't decide who you get interviewed against. No. No, you've got no right in, in that situation to, to determine and call the shots on how the process uh, should look. And I can understand how he wanted the job without having to, to go through any form of, of process, and that was also part of his thinking. Am, am I right, Hutchie? Was that the same interview where he also said that he didn't have a manager? Was that yeah. also yeah okay yeah, yeah. so but, which, so you can't lament you can't not have one and then lament not having one after the event either I think well well I, I'm sure a manager would not have said to a president look these are the people he'll be interviewed against but these are the people he won't be interviewed like I don't think I've ever heard of that in in, yeah. in, a, in a role ever I, I, I'm like you I can understand if he, if he said I don't want to run a process hire me or don't that's yep. that's 
I don't love that either. But that's that's one thing. But to say, well, you know, put me up against these guys and I'll interview. But don't if you put me up against the assistants, I'm not competing because yep. of you know potential uh, risk of failure or. And that was um, his first question to Michael Voss when he was on was, how did you overcome the fear of not the fear, but how did you you know put your reputation risk at at, at, at stake. Um, if he had his time again, hmm. he had to he had to go through that process, Damo. Yeah. I think he'd be a fantastic... Uh, Michael's done a fantastic job. I think Ross would be doing just as fantastic a job. And you think about him now as a 2-0 and coach at Carlton with the future ahead of him. He's hmm. he's on his way to another run as a, you know... Yeah. I think it was a it was an own goal and a half. And, and, and I, reckon, I reckon you're right, and I agree with you totally with, with what you said about the, the actual Carlton list. It, it, it wasn't a, a broken club from a, from a list perspective um, that, that who the new person was going to take over from. It was just a poorly coached club. I mean, that, that was the obvious uh, outcome, I, I thought, in advance. And, yeah, you're right. I'm like you, Hutchie. I, I, I've always liked dealing with Ross, even when he was fractious as a, as a coach. Um, you know, initially at St Kilda and then at uh, Fremantle. I, I actually enjoyed that um, side of him. Um, I copped it a few times, but he, he never... You know, harboured the the situation and always got on with it. And um, like you, I've worked with him in, in media. I reckon he's I reckon he's still untapped in that in that space. He's obviously not full time in media and, and and doesn't want to be. His, his management issues though go back to his exiting of St Kilda, don't they? When when he went behind his own management to to take the calls and the job at Fremantle. And obviously, when you've done it once, as he had done when Mark Harvey was coaching the, the Dockers, and he just was speaking to the the people that needed to be spoken to at the Dockers who approached him um, behind the scenes, not even telling his own manager what he was doing, he, he obviously just thinks that's how you do business. And it's not, it, look, it can be, but it's not sustainable, is it, in, in this in this well, world? Well, I think huge respect for him as a as a person, as a media talent, and as a coach. I think he, I'd love to see him coach again. I just don't know whether you ever get a better shot than that team yeah. that now have been presented to Michael. Like, Michael's, you know, Ash Hansen filled in and did it well, and really well. Like, it's, there's a good... Um, you know they might not win the flag this year, but they're they're on the way. You look at Kerno McKay, the conning up forward pieces are all built, right? Yeah, it's, and, yeah, and, I don't know. And a fit Cripps, and a fit Cripps, which is the probably I the most important he, aspect. He would argue they didn't want it bad enough to run a process, but I, I, I never heard anyone say they were prepared to go against some but not others. It was just unusual. Yep. Um, I know I've dominated the conversation. I've got one more on my list, and I'll get back to you. Yep. Um, um, do you what? Do you watch any of Pat McAfee's? No, I. I don't certainly once the season AFL season starts. I'm aware of it. I listened to it a fair bit um, during the COVID shutdowns. But um, no, to answer your question, I wouldn't have listened to it for some time now. Um, he's got obviously two and a half million uh, followers on Twitter. He's got a massive YouTube fraternity. He shows 12 to 3 live every day on YouTube. He's got you know, a big wagering deal, I think, with FanDuel. He's got a spot on. He's wrestling at WrestleMania, which speaks to WWE's attempts to borrow from his digital audience. He's a Friday night expert on SmackDown. Um, probably the best sports social digital marker in the United States, maybe even the world, one of at the moment. I, I raise this because he commented on Buddy Frankel on the weekend and spent two minutes on his show uh, talking about the thousand goals, everyone running on the field, and they showed the vision. That is unbelievably underrated marketing for our game. You could go into America and spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on television and you won't get the advocacy, mm. the authentic uh, coverage or the, you know, the borrow from the coolness of Pat McAfee. Um, 
the AFL need to need to need to lean in on that and do something. Like it's well, they did lean in on a... that show, Hutchie. I, I recall. Um, I think yeah. it was, I think it was Birchie, wasn't it? Darren Birch, who who either personally negotiated something during the early stages of of COVID when AFL for that period of time was basically the only sport being played in the entirety of the the world there of, of, a, of a major nature. So, but tell me, Hutchie, what what is it? Well, that's what I'll, I'll tell you. What I would do: redirect the check you were going to give halftime at the MCG into bringing Pat McAfee out and his show to do it here from Anzac Day. You know he breaks for Collingwood. It's a great day to shine a light on uh, Australian history. And I would bring him and his show out. I'd wave a big check at them. I'd get them to come out and do the program from for the week from, uh, from Australia around Anzac Day and tie in the narrative and the game and get him to, you know, shoot content and review the game and talk ability. And I'd also do a kickoff because he was a punter, don't forget, of the Indianapolis Colts yeah. with, ben, with Ben Graham in the middle of the MCG as a stunt. Yep. And maybe get Dustin and, Fletcher out there as well just to give it uh, some yeah. AFL touch. Haji, just tell me, though, and we need to wrap this up quickly from here uh, before you get to the question of the of the week. What, what does that do, though? Because I'm, I'm – Again, don't don't lump me in with what you normally do with the I'm black, you're white yep. type of argument. What 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 does it do though? Ultimately, if there's an awareness of it in the states, how's that translate to anything well, of any of any meaning? Him, for starters, I give him a share of digital subsidy he can grow in America. Like did, I'd say, here's a here's a affiliate deal on the on the Game Pass product because you. But is anyone really going to sit down in America? I mean, you you know Americans. Is anyone well, really going to? Oh, I hang on, the AFL's on at five a.m. today. I yeah. might I might go home. I might wake up early and watch. I don't think they're going to watch I, it. I think you could move the dial on that. And the second thing is, I think part of these things is to make something cool. In the underground kind of voyeuristic, um, you know, talkability um, and the knock-on effect of that. I just think it, that's easier than not trying. Yeah. And it's a moment in time that I don't think the league should waste. I know it's not easy to think about overseas when you've got domestic challenges, but just redirect a check, yep. get an Australian ban instead, and away you go. And, and, and to your point, it was, it was only in the early 90s when, when there was no, almost no presence of AFL, of any of any meaningful nature in, in Sydney, New South Wales. And look, yeah. look at what happened on the weekend just gone. There, there, there was genuine knowledge of that yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, now. you get him as an ongoing fan, then you get earned media rather than paid media. I'd write one check and a big one, and get him here for a week, and then I just rely on the earned media from for years ongoing. Question of the week time now. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. As always, a, a range of options to take as question of the week. We'll go with uh, D Kid on Twitter. Hey boys, can Hutchie give us an insight into the wrestling for the microphone between commentators to call Buddy's moment? I can imagine tension in the box between JB and Brian to call the moment. Anyway, Hutchie, how would that play out? Because you've been in those moments. I'm glad you asked. So, can you answer me this? Why were we AFL Nation and SEN the only ones there at the SCG? Well, at least that I know of. Like Triple M. No disrespect to Triple M, who are fantastic at what they do. Oh, what have you about to say? Don't say no disrespect because you're about to deliberately try and have disrespect for whatever you're about to say. No, I'm just asking why were uh, why were we seemingly was it an availability of space issue? Or well, I've obviously been way late here in um, in isolation. Yeah, You've no, been I, I, I can't. I can't answer. Ground. I can't answer on behalf well, of Triple M. It's been your crusade, right? No, no, on, on, fo- on, on football TV coverage it has been, yes. Absolutely. And Hachi, don't don't start taking the moral high ground on SEN being at the ground because uh, you started the practice before COVID, way before yeah, COVID, no, been, about broadcasting been, off TV. I'm so not, don't 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 pick this moment to make uh, make this. I'm not, sitting, I'm not sitting in judgment. I'm just asking of the question. Of course you're not. 
Can you get there's back been, to the plenty of, there's been plenty of times on Twitter? When we haven't been there, and and, and we'll continue not. To yes, be there. I'm surprised we even a, go down this big, path. But it was a big, it was a big event, right? How would the commentators jostle Hutchie? Because it, it's amusing to me that the JB got well, the call. Like, just answer me that. Like, do you do you know if there are any um, space op requirements or what was the? Because you're this is your I'll crusade. Tell you so I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll I'll come back to you with an answer, but we'll then ask you, and I'll delve into it for five or eight minutes next time you're not at a at a venue when you. Oh, don't I'm, not, I'm not cobbling on that. We there are times we don't we don't go on Friday. Actually, night, you started really... the practice before COVID, long before COVID, ten years before. Don't COVID. I, I'm on record eight, ten years ago when we were the regional provider and there were no boxes. Can you we answer the kids' question on Twitter, Hachi? We we were, but on Friday night we were in Lahore <laughs> in the venue in Pakistan and we were in the SCG. Um, so, you know, I'm just interested to see what happened. To answer the question, it, it was fortuitous, I think. Hutto was had the microphone at the time that they were both. I'm not, well, the question wasn't about Hutto. The question was about JB and Brian on Channel Seven oh, on the television broadcast. Yeah, oh, the sorry. question wasn't um, about. No, I think. I think it was just absolutely who had the run of the commentary at the time. I watched the TV and listened to the radio at the same time. I thought the great thing that James did in the broadcast was he let the moment breathe. And he's been big on that. I've heard him talk about that privately, is let the let the crowd in. Don't try and talk over the moment. It takes a lot of discipline to do that. He called the moment and then he just let the crowd in. And that is... And you can do it on really, TV more than radio, can't you? Yeah, you can. But that's yeah. a, I think radio, our guys did it well too. It's a really disciplined thing to do. Um, he's among the best, if not the best, at what he does, and I thought that was wonderful. Last question on this on the on the coverage of that moment. <laughs> Can you clarify for me? I've had a few people tweet me this. Was the back of the head accidental, or was it? Uh, a lot of people have been tweeting us saying that they that's the back of the fan shot they've been running on the seven broadcast for quite some yeah, time. Yeah, I, I have seen those those references to, to us specifically about that. From what I've been told, Hutchie, no, it was it was it was unfortunate that that was the that that head are, was in that shot. But are that's you sure my belief. About that? Well, I've spoken to people who worked on the coverage, and I didn't get the impression that it was part of the plan. In fact, I. I think there's a level of frustration attached to it, and unless 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 that's part of the you know the narrative too that they don't want the public to know. But no, I don't I don't think it was. It was unfortunate, wasn't it? And and also too, the, it wasn't the only camera that was was blocked by by people on that night in question as well. I mean, uh, the, the the SCG Hutchie, as you know, it's it's not a new stadium. The the camera positions there are from a, a, an era gone by, so to speak. And as such, you don't have the you know the access as you would have, say, at a Perth's Optus Stadium, which is a new stadium yeah. where where cameras are actually part of the planning. Yeah, so I would think that we've had a lot of. Um, a lot of tweets about this asking if it was deliberate and, and some examples of previous weeks, but that's been a, a shot they've been pioneering. Uh, I would think on any other venue, there's many other shots they can take. The SCG is quite archaic in the in the camera construct. It's it's even worse in the radio construct. So in the radio boxes, for instance, you can't see you the can't whole see ground, the ground. Is, You actually can't see the ground. Which is why I asked the genuine question of whether there was uh, was people others weren't able to go or didn't think it was worth giving them a restricted view because well you can't see the ground for, 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 from some seating yeah. positions in the I, in the radio box. I'm, I'm only guessing that we took the only radio box available. I'm not I'm not sure if the ABC were there, maybe they were, and there was two. But um, the the radio boxes do limit your view to about two thirds of the ground, maybe eighty percent of the ground, which is why you need the telly. You know, just so on I've, on the coverage of footy, Hutch, you know, you know, you cut to 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 a racing event. On an AFL match last year, which hadn't finished, 
Don't worry. We did. There's no need to get personal. I just asked you an honest question on how it happened. You actually didn't uh, bother finishing uh, the, the broadcasting of the game. That don't was, worry. That happened in round one last year in COVID. It did. Yeah. And yes, we have not been. And, and it was pretty close game we'll too. It was, I think it was. There's no need to be. There's no need to be defensive. I just asked a genuine. I don't know the answer to this question. You don't so you care. Haven't been able to answer it. You don't. You don't. You don't care for the answer, Hutchie. Oh dear, oh dear. It was a genuine question, but it's your passionate wheelhouse. So I thought you'd have the answer, but clearly you don't. Um. Right, we're out of time. We're out of time. Um, black, blackboard, <laughs> hurry up. We've got to get out of the studio. I've, I've getting the wind up here in this uh, in this studio. Actually, someone else needs it. Episode 8, Series 7 for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at SoundingBoardEP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to DrinkWise.